Thank you very much, Monica, and uh, nice to be back before you again. Don't normally see you twice in one month, but uh, the holiday period is here, all the speakers have gone away, so they've asked me to come back a little bit more often than normal. But it's a great privilege uh, to speak about uh, God's Word and to share God's Word. And I learn far more than any of you learn, uh, so uh, I thank God for that. Now, those of you who were here a couple of weeks ago when I was speaking on, the, what did I speak on? Yeah, yeah, the wheat and the tares, or the wheat and the weeds. Yeah, uh, so you will have seen these pots and you know what's in them. For those who weren't here, they don't know what's in them, but it's seeds. It's the same seeds, but I'm not going to test you this time. We, we had the test last time, but they will come up later. Um, in this bowl, you'll see what's in there later, uh, but we're not going to have any... This reminds me of the, all the babies with the infant baptism or something. But I bought it yesterday, and then uh, Chanel said... Oh, Daddy, I want shower in the bath. So before I drilled the holes in it this morning, uh, she had a bath in it yesterday. So it's, it's been bathed once and then uh, now it has another purpose. But uh, let's just pray and uh, then we'll come and look at the parable. Dear Lord Jesus, we thank you so much for our worship this morning. We thank you for drawing us together this morning. Lord, we do pray for Jimmy and Adita who can't be with us because of uh, the... Uh, problem with Adita's hand. Lord, we pray healing on top of all the skill and resources of the doctors. Lord, uh, we know it's an unfortunate situation that caused that, but Lord, we just pray for your, your healing, your skill amongst all the people who are helping and surrounding them. And Lord, as a church, we also come alongside them with our love and our care and uh, just lift them before you as a, as a family. Lord, I pray that you'd be with me this morning as I speak, as I share on this parable of the sower. Lord, uh, speak through me, use your spirit to, to add to what anything you've helped me prepare for so far. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, there's one other thing I wanted to say. It's great to see Maria. Sorry that she's, I think she's out with the children already. Um, but it just sort of struck me that also we're a, quite a transitional church. Some of us, like me, have been here for a long time, but many of us come for, she was said uh, one year, I didn't even realize, because she's done so much in the church, like you said, she had a passion for the young people, the teenagers. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, yeah, that, uh, you know, just in one year, and she'd really helped so much with the young people, together with the rest of the team, and then in the junior church. So just encourage us, whether we, once we come here, a few people stuck out, this is our first time, uh, Okay, you may stay, you may go on somewhere else, but if you feel you're staying a little bit longer, you don't know how long that might be, as many of us don't know how long it might be, then do see different ways that you can get involved. Pray to God and ask him to show how you can be involved. Well, there's so many different ways. We hear about them every Everything that happens in the church, you can be involved in. Um, just see Monica or any of the, the other leaders about that. But we thank Maria and all the other people. You know, half our church disappears now because they're helping with the, the junior church. So great that our young people can be ministered to in that way. Anyway, <clears throat> enough of that. Uh, on to uh, Matthew 13, 1 to 23. A farmer went out to sow. Matthew 13, verses 1 to 3 says this. That same day, Jesus went out of the house and sat by the lake. Such large crowds gathered around him that he got into a boat and sat in it 
while all the people stood on the shore. Then he told him many things in parables, saying, a farmer went out to sow his seed. Gee, what a nice start to a story. It just, um, it just makes us want to hear more. And the crowds were gathering from far and wide to come and hear and see more of Jesus. Perhaps we have lost some of that excitement that we would rather scare people into heaven with the threat of eternity in hell, as we spoke about last week, perhaps in the weeds and the wheat and the weeds, rather than drawing people to, into heaven because of the wonderful person of our Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ. People from far and wide were coming to listen to Jesus. I mentioned last time, a couple of weeks ago, that I love the parables because at least on the surface I find them easier to understand and certainly more interesting to read and to listen to and definitely able to stick in my aging memory. Remember what we said last time? Actually a verse from our passage today, Matthew 13 verse 13 says this, This is why I speak to them in parables. Though seeing, they do not see. Though hearing, they do not understand. Jesus, through using parables, tries to make his teaching easier to understand, easier to remember, easier to relate to the listener's circumstances, my circumstances, your sister's circumstances. And so, to our story of today, the parable of the sower. Let me pick up from verse 3, where we stopped at the beginning. Matthew 13, verses 3 to 9. Then he told them many things in parables, saying, A farmer went out to sow his seed. As he scattered the seed, some fell along the path, and the birds came along and ate it up. Some fell in rocky places, where it did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly, because the soil was shallow. But when the sun came up, the plants were scorched, and they withered, because they had no root. Other seed fell on the thorns, which grew up and choked the plant. Still others fell on good soil, where it produced a crop a hundred, sixty, or thirty times what was sown. Whoever has ears, let them hear. I am sure that we all knew this parable before I read it. Seeds falling on paths, amongst the rocks, with thorns, and on good soil. You want to know what this is about? Great! But I am not going to tell you. But perhaps uniquely in the Bible, I will let Jesus tell you directly, just as he told his listeners sitting on the beach as he spoke from the boat. Matthew 13, verse 18 says this, and this is Jesus speaking. Listen then to what the parable of the sower means. Hey, my job is done. Just got to read this and then I'm off. Well, not quite, but almost. One. Seeds falling on the... So this is Jesus' explanation of what we've just read. Matthew 13, verse 19. When anyone hears the message about the kingdom but does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches that what is sown in their hearts. This is the seed sown along the path. And as I read that, I thought the critical issue is friendship. More about that later. Secondly, the seed falling amongst the rocks, Matthew 13, verses 20 to 21. The seed falling on rocky ground refers to someone who hears the word at once, receives it with joy. 
But since it has no root, they last only a short time. When trouble or persecution comes because of the word, they fall away quickly. The critical issue which came to my mind there is fellowship, more later. The seeds growing with the thorns, Matthew 13, verse 22, Jesus says this, the seed falling amongst the thorns refers to someone who hears the word, but the worries of life and the deceitfulness of wealth choke the word, making it unfruitful. And the critical issue, I think, here is discipleship. And then the fourth one, the seed falling on good soil, Matthew 13, verse 23. Jesus says, but the seed falling on good soil refers to someone who hears the word, understands it. This is the one who produces a crop, yielding 100, 60, or 30 times what was sown. And here, the critical word that came into my mind was, was worship. And I've actually asked the worship team to come up again at the end because we all felt it was so good. If I'm the last points on worship, then we better finish with worship. I wonder if any speaker on the parable of solar can really add anything to what Jesus says in his explanation. I will not try to do this. But we will add a bit of flesh to the four critical issues which I have highlighted. The practical application of Jesus' explanations so that some of the consequences that Jesus states can happen to the seed falling on the path, the rocks and the thorns, can be avoided. Actually, the area of good soil is expanded, and hence more seed is sown on the soil. So let's come to our critical issues uh, relating to the explanations that Jesus gave. The first one, friendship. Let's read the passage again. <clears throat> When anyone hears a message about the kingdom but does not understand it, the evil one comes along and snatches what was sown in their hearts. This is the seed sown in the path, sown along the path. When I drive to the office in Wondergeir, um, I normally pass about three or four of these street preachers using their mobile amplifiers these days to broadcast their uh, message across the street. They are certainly sowing seed. And for this reason, I admire them. I pray that some of their words may fall on receptive ears, but the reality is that much of the seed they sow will fall on the path. And that's because I believe that a very important starting point in Christian evangelism is friendship, or at least relationship. 1 Corinthians 9, verses 22 and 23 says this, Paul says, To the weak I become weak to win the weak. I become all things to all people, though so by all possible means I might save some. I do this for the sake of the gospel, that I may share in its blessings. Friendship, relationship. This is the foundation of, and the success point of uh, evangelistic activities like the Alpha Course, another, where, which has been used around the world to invite neighbors or other people you have a relationship with around, you come for a nice meal, you enjoy some great food, you have a nice chat with those people that are there, and then finally you come and discuss a bit about Jesus. It's also the approach that we use in our missional communities here in KIC that are running across our various interest groupings, a love for walking, a love for arts, a love for football, or whatever it might be. The interest or the love brings you together. 
And the relationship gives you the opportunity to sow the seed away from the path. I like this verse in James in regard to how to help one another in uh, others of our friends. James 5 verse 16 says this, Therefore confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. That's what happens when we know those people, when we've chatted with these people, when there's some sort of relationship between us, that seed is more likely to sow on good soil and that chicken or the evil devil won't come and peck it away. But of course, Jesus moves friendship to another level. And this will permeate throughout the rocks and the thorns and into the good soil. John 15, Jesus says this, No, great, no one has greater love than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. The good news, the sacrifice of Jesus represents the ultimate act of friendship. The seed falling on the path. Our second critical issue is fellowship. Let's read the passage. The seed falling on rocky ground refers to someone who hears the word and at once receives it with joy. But since they have no root, they only last a short time. When trouble or persecution comes because of the word, they quickly fall away. I checked because I referred to the picture. One time, I did some work in Ruangiri province in the north of Rwanda on the slopes of those inactive volcanoes which are running along the Uganda-Rwanda border, one of the places that those mountain gorillas live. I did not see the gorillas, but I did see lots of people growing crops in soil which was just like this one with the picture. How on earth they dug it, I've no idea, because it was just rocks. But actually they said, no, 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 once the crop grows, it grows very good crops. But that is not the point of this parable. In this parable, just like that seedling in the picture, the crop germinates, it grows very nicely, it looks very beautiful, but then the drought period comes. Or even just the fact that it can't grow, as it grows bigger, it needs more nutrients. It doesn't have the soil that can support this, and it soon withers and dies. For a new Christian, in all the excitement of their newfound faith, as Jesus states in the parable, Matthew 13, verse 20b, at, last, at once receives it with joy. They believe with all the early excitement, and all that early excitement, they need to be quickly incorporated into the fellowship of believers, normally the local church, where they can continue their uh, Christian growth in community and not in isolation. As members of that local church, KIC Laboa, we need to make a special effort to reach out to these new brothers and sisters in Christ. A few people put up their hands this morning. Great, you're very, very welcome to our service. Please come again to see how they're doing to find out if there's any way in which we can help. And in doing so, support them in the, when the times of trouble come. The sacrifice might be a mischance to catch up with that old friend we love to chat to each Sunday. But don't worry, they will be here next week. Hebrews 10, 24 and 25 says this. And let us consider how we may spur one another on, on towards love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another. 
and all the more as you see the day of the Lord approaching. The bottom line in fellowship is that we are there for each other. This does not require a degree in theology or a training in counselor, but just a simple interest. And perhaps, hello, I'm Alistair, to that person we do not recognize. It's a great way to start. For me, I'm scared to do it as much as anybody else. But it really is a great thing to do. So try it at the end of today, over the tea and the coffee. Critical issue number three, discipleship. The seed falling among the thorns refers to someone who hears the word, but the worries of this life and the deceitfulness of wealth choke the word, making it unfruitful. Now, a quick show of hands. Who here has been... Who... These glasses are very dirty because Chanel was playing with them before. Um, Who has been on one of the KICL discipleship courses? Anyone? One of the courses which, uh, you know, the Bible group that runs after the, after the, after the service. No, nobody. I thought there were so many people that have been on this. Oh, Conrad, well done. Anyone been on any other discipleship courses? Ah, now there's more hands going up. Well done. Even Nelson, you're on the first time. Now you're on another one. I'm going to come to you in a moment. I have now been involved in KIC for a number of years, and I've seen some of us grow and mature by growing more gray hairs, or less hair, as Harriet complains. But for others, (coughs) this maturity is not linked to age, but their Christian walk. Monica here at the front has a huge passion for discipleship, and KSEL has supported her in this for as long as I've been involved. And the impact has been dramatic. Young people and not-so-young people coming to our church have attended the discipleship classes, learned and discussed more about the Bible, and their Christian walk has progressed from milk to solid food. Some are now leaders in our church. Others, like Nelson, are currently undertaking higher-level theology courses, and all are back discipling the new young people through the same lessons as they help them grow and mature in their faith. I like the relevance of of the following verse to this thinking, especially as expressed in the New Living Bible. Jeremiah 15, verse 16. Your words are what sustains me. They are food to my hungry soul. They bring joy to my sorrowing heart and delight me. How proud I am to hear your name, O Lord. Last time, I spoke on the parable of the wheat and the weeds. Yes, it's actually just after the parable that I'm speaking on today. The wheat and the weeds reminded us that we are living in a world where evil, the weed seed, is still present. It impacts the good seed. But at harvest time, there will be a time of sorting and the bad seed will be thrown into the fire, whereas the good seed will be welcomed in the eternal kingdom. We were reminded of this last week through the passage of the sheep and the goats, Matthew 25, verse 34. Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you are blessed by my Father. Take your inheritance. The kingdom is prepared for you since the creation of the world. The evil that is in the world are the thorns that are talked about in this parable. We are living amongst them. Is there a picture of a rose? Or that was earlier? Ah, sorry, 
They're very efficient. A rose is a beautiful flower, but flowers are guarded by sharp thorns growing along their branches. We move closer to take a better look or perhaps a sniff of their wonderful scent. But as we do so, we get caught by the thorn that we didn't notice. And the parable here highlights one thing as being the love of money. We all know the passage in Matthew which tells us not to worry. Matthew 6, verse 25 says, Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, about your body or what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? But I am sure, as well as knowing that verse, we have also known worry at some point in our lives. Over something big or something small. But worry is there. I have another month of my current work contract. And uh, most nights I sleep peacefully knowing that, although I don't know what will happen in September 23, uh, God does. But a few nights I wake up in the early hours wondering how I can be able to support my family with no work. The thorn begins to entangle. But because Jesus, and because of his word, which I love and I trust, I am not choked. And eventually I find peace within my heart and drift off back to sleep. Thanks be to God. So, for those of you who put up your hand to say you've been in a discipleship class, and there is a prize for this, so put your hand up fast. Next one. Aha. What does Proverbs 3, verses 5 and 6 say? Yeah, Jackie at the back. Ah, wonderful. Big round of applause. (laughs) But that shows you the benefit of... um, Here's your prize in here. I put it here so Chanel wouldn't eat them earlier. So do come and collect your prize. Even if you don't enjoy them, Jonathan will enjoy them. These are wonderful in the junior church. They always appreciate Well done. But it shows you how important it is to know the word of God. When those thorns come, it's those words of God, the Bible within our heart that's going to save us, going to say, no, no, get away from me, thorn. Get away from me, evil thinking. Yeah, Proverbs 3, verse 5 and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lead not on your understanding. In all your ways, submit to him, and he will direct your paths. Another good one to learn, if you didn't know it already. So fourth critical issue, worship. But the seed falling on the good soil refers to someone who hears the word and understands it. This is the one who produces a crop, yielding a hundred, sixty, thirty, what was sown. I have highlighted the critical issue to be worshipped because... For the seed falling on the good soil, the focus is not ourselves and our circumstances, but on the Lord, Jesus Christ. We know that despite of life, all of life's circumstances represented by the path, the rocks and the thorns, our future hope is 100% certain in Jesus. Through the valleys, over the hills, through all the bad seed which intersects on in our daily walk with Christ, we are his children, loved by him and secure in 
the knowledge of his care for us and ultimately the eternity we'll enjoy in, his heavenly, in our heavenly home. This is certainly, this certainty which Peter mentioned at the end of his message, as the Holy Spirit came upon him and 3,000 people believed in Jesus. This is so, a seed falling on good soil. Acts 2, verse 38 and 39. Peter replied, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins. And you'll receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, the promises for you and all your children, and for all who are far off, that's us, for all whom the Lord our God will call. Seed falling on good soil. In worship, we thank God for the gift of salvation, eternal life, but that seed needs to be sown. Matthew 9, verses 36 and 37 says this. When he saw the crowd as Jesus, he had compassion for them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. They, then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into the harvest. That's a challenge to each and every one of us. A farmer went out to sow. Friendship, fellowship, discipleship, worship. The exclamations are there from Jesus. Take his word, not mine. Now, I've asked the worship band uh, to come back up again, so if they could come back. Uh, I don't know which of those earlier songs they've chosen to, to lead us in. And um, on the table in front of you, and I have the blue band pots again, but there's not blue band. There is seeds, just the same seeds as we saw last time. And uh, there's actually less because some people said, oh, can I take some of the seeds and plant? And the answer is yes. If you want to take some seeds home and plant them, please, um, please take them. You're very, very welcome. And, um, but, and last time we were, we were just showing about the goodness of the seeds and the, the comparing with the evil. But this time... I, uh, I want us to come up and as we're worshipping God, as we're being led in worship and singing ourselves, I want each of us to come up and in here there's actually soil, not water. Soil, nice. Good soil. <laughs> Amen. And, and there's some water. <laughs> Should be good soil because it's a mixture of Harriet's chicken soil and uh, our garden soil. So I want us to come up, choose any seed you want. There's all different types of seed there. Take one or two and uh, plant them. Get your finger and stick it down, okay? Stick it down in the soil. And then I am going to ask the guards here if uh, we can put it somewhere safe and they can water it. And then perhaps over the next three weeks or a month, we'll see the seeds growing together. They may not reach harvest because it's a bit small for 50 seeds. But anyway, we'll see them growing together. Maybe we'll leave the sunflowers to grow and put beautiful flowers on. But choose whichever seed you want, beans or maize or groundnuts or sunflower or peas. And um, <clears throat> that can act as a visualization of us, K-I-C-L. We are the, there is, we, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. We are the laborers, whether it's to our neighbor, to our family, 
to those of us at work, or whether we've come overseas or going overseas, wherever it is, we're the people to plant that seed. The farmer went out to sow. Alistair went out to sow. Monica went out to sow. Who 